Worldwide Youth Radio. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Youth Talk brought to you by Kids Count UK and the Worldwide Youth Radio and presented by me, Gabe Morris. Youth Talk is the show where we will be discussing big issues facing the youth of today. Worldwide Youth Radio. On today's episode of Youth Talk, we will be discussing self care. We have probably all heard of it, but what is it? Well, in the 1998, the World Health Organization defined self-care as what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health and to prevent and deal with illness. It is a broad concept encompassing hygiene, nutrition, lifestyle, environmental factors, socioeconomic factors, and self-medication. Some people see the practice as taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. It is also described as taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. The International Self-Care Foundation, yeah, that is a thing, has the vision of a world where people live long, healthy lives, taking personal responsibility for their own wellness by adopting healthy lifestyle and self-care behaviours. Well, I certainly only ever heard of the term self-care being used in the past couple of years, but it's not a new phenomenon. And across centuries, people have used different techniques to unwind and relax. The Romans were famous for their great bathing complexes, which could almost be seen as the equivalent of today's spas. However, there has been varying degrees of success in history when it comes to self-care, especially around ideas of mental health which have developed over the last century in particular. Self-care is seen as an essential for not only immediate benefits but also to aid in the prevention of longer lasting illnesses and diseases. For example, illnesses that are impacted by a stressful lifestyle such as heart disease, stroke or diabetes. They can have their symptoms reduced by self-care techniques. Many large organizations recommend a broad approach when looking at self-care to hopefully encourage lifelong habits, but also with awareness that different people require different activities and ideas to improve their lifestyles. As always, we are joined by a group of young people. And our first guest this evening is Sina, who is a university, uh, is a student at the University of Liverpool. Sina, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I am doing uh, good, thank you. It's good to be back doing these uh, podcasts. So, Zena, do you think self-care is important? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone thinks it's important, probably. Um, I think recently, like you said, like you've only just, you might just have only heard of the word. There might have been a resurgence, like especially with lockdown and everything. But, and I think often on social media, it's associated with, like lighting candles taking baths and stuff but I feel like it's and that is you know you know perfectly acceptable if that um keeps people happy and healthy but I think it it doesn't I think it does entail a bit more than that and it's important that I think people in society realize that you know just you know doing the ab workout isn't going to make all your problems go away type of thing um, obviously certain things are important I'm sure everyone will agree that exercise is good for you and all of that but I think that those are more physical superficial things and maybe more internal things can be focused on yes yeah, certainly we're going to touch on some of the ideas about perhaps some self-care techniques that are on social media by influencers might be unattainable some 
interesting comments there. We'll come back to some of those later. We're also joined by Rachel. She is a student at Royal Holloway University. And also, welcome to the team, Rachel. How are you doing? Hiya. Thank you very much for having me. No, I'm very excited to get started with this. <laughs> so how important is self-care to yourself? Um, I think it's such an important topic for me personally, because I have some real like personal reasons why I think it's so important. But also I'm a psychology student. We study mental health. We study the importance of, you know, well-being, especially when everyone leads such busy lives. Um, and I think it's so important not only to think about self-care as like a um, a way of fixing the stress in our lives, but also a way of preventing stress occurring, even if we don't feel that stressed at the moment. Very uh, interesting. And also, Amelia is a student at the University of Liverpool. Hi, and thanks for joining us. Hi, it's good to be back with these podcasts. I know, isn't it? It really <laughs> is. Um, do you think self-care is essential to uh, one's health? Uh, definitely. I feel like self-care, taking time for yourself, uh, just having some time to sit down and actually think about process, uh, your thoughts, um, things that can make you feel better is definitely important. I think in the busy world right now, maybe not during lockdown, I think a lot of people had that time uh, to sit down and think about themselves, but I feel uh, in a usually everyday busy life, uh, it's often forgotten, but I think it's definitely important and essential to health and happiness, really. We'll talk about health um, in this show later on. And finally, we are also joined by Ellie, who's a student at Royal Holloway. Well, I hope you're doing good. Yeah, yes, no, I'm good, thank you. It's really nice that she, yeah, it's like the other saying, doing these again, because it seems like we've had such a long break between, but it's, I mean, scary in a way that we're still in a lockdown, but um, but good that we can still keep this going and give like bits of advice and stuff. It's quite interesting you say that. I was listening back to the first lockdown podcast we did, which was scarily almost a year ago. It was about oh the 4th God. of April we um, did it. And we were like saying, oh, it'd be over by September. We'll be back to normality. Like, how wrong were we? Anyway, talking about self-care. And um, I mean, maybe we're not very good at judging things. So this question might not be the best for us. But do you think it is possible to measure self-care? Ooh, what a question. Um, I think it depends on, I think personally, yes. I think there's, because each person can well, have different levels of, they like, most people have got an awareness of how they're doing mentally and like how they're feeling physically. Um, and I think because of that, people can often make a decision that they need to have some time for themselves. Obviously there are certain conditions, particularly mental health conditions that can compromise your thought processes around that. So um, often some people like that need a little bit of help or guidance um, or need some help with some ideas, whether it's actually like professional help or just kind of a blog or something. But um, I think it is possible to measure it, but I think it's kind of more of a measurement in terms of how you're feeling on a daily basis and how many times like your emotions kind of swoop, as it were. But if they're kind of more um, controlled and more regulated um, because you're using self-care, um, I think that's definitely a good measurement of how well you're doing. Yeah, so the International Self-Care Foundation have highlighted three baseline measures um, where they say measure which define health norms. These are normal population ranges of key health norms relevant to self-care. So, you know, I mean, you can measure body mass index, calorie intake, apparently. Uh, they could be split by gender. These uh, norms represent the comparators and potentially some goals for individuals to compare themselves with. Um, you can measure yourself uh, through your own self-care status. This describes your individual self-care starting point or balance sheets. 
um, assets and def- deficits across the seven pillars of self-care. It is apparent that while many measures can be self-generated, such as weight or smoking status, other require professional input. The individual self-care balance sheet represents a self-care health record or passport. A simple example is the World Health Professionals Alliance Health Improvement Card and measuring change in myself um, the object of self-care is for individuals to make adjustments to their daily practices in v- this. It will be helpful to record self-care activities and outcomes. So some interesting uh, information there about measuring self-care. If you would like to have your say on today's discussion, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Um, so I think we should talk about health first. So it has been found that self-care can improve health from many studies. So um, I'll go to Zena first because we'll ask you the question first earlier in the show. So should self-care be prescribed by doctors and GPs? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think medical or like professional assistance is definitely a big part of it but I would say it's also you know down to individual preference everyone might have um you know a lot of people unfortunately don't feel comfortable enough to go out the way to do that anyway and to seek the help so I suppose it would be good to get professionals to kind of um direct the help um to everyone because then everyone is you know um covered because a lot of people don't actively go to the doctors for certain issues that might lead to mental health problems like ellie was saying so i think yeah i think it would be good um i think that definitely would be you know a good step if there was more funding in those sort of areas um but yeah i do think you know other things there will be external factors as well that would be of benefit like you know just having a good circle of friends family all of that usual stuff but yeah to answer your question i'd say um, medical help or support is definitely important. Um, so, should employees then allow sickness leave for? So, should employers allow sickness leave for their employees then? If it's if a GP can prescribe it then, so should a GP should an employer give their employees time off if they need to focus on self care? Yeah, it's a good point. I think I think they should because I feel like if you say you're physically sick and you throw up or like I don't know you have a stroke it's a bit extreme but if you have like a physical illness everyone can see it and I feel like that in the eyes of a lot of other people it's perceived to be more important and more of an illness or a valid illness but Mm. you know in reality professionals will they know that you know just because you can't see an illness and it's invisible um doesn't mean it doesn't exist so i do think yeah i think that would help um with the taboo surrounding these things as well um i'll open this up for anyone to answer because i think it's quite a specific question how possibly can self-care actually aid health um so the way i think of self-care is that you're trying to put in some kind of preventative measure in order to avoid a possible like maladaptive health outcome occurring. So what that means is some kind of health behavior where you get to that point in life and you're sat there going, oh my goodness, how did I get here? I don't know how to get out. Mm. 
And I think to me, the purpose of self-care is to stop ourselves getting to that point. So, you know, taking that time out of your day, like once an evening in the evening, like reflecting on things you've done or really taking that time to be more self-aware, check in with yourself and say, actually, how am I feeling? Because I feel like all too often we're all kind of like going through lives, like obsessed with our busy lives, you know, saying, oh, I feel stressed with this. I feel stressed with that but not really actually taking time to stop and evaluate and look at the bigger picture and going, okay, well, why am I stressed? What's causing me to be stressed? How are my behaviors affecting my emotions? And I think that's really, really important. And I think that's kind of where self-care plays a part, at least for me anyway. Um, So going back to what I uh, asked Zena a minute ago, should employees allow sick, should employees allow sickness leave for employees? If that was the case do you think it might become i mean i i can think when i used to work at a cinema i used to have a runny nose or something and i'd call in being like oh i don't want i don't want to come in because i just blew up i i, I pulled everything out of proportion and decided not to come in but will that what does anything happen with self-care surely people will abuse it because it's not as you as we've all said it's not something we can see um i can see amelia nodding her head do you <laughs> do you think uh, it will, do you think it'll be abused Definitely. I feel like, like you said, it's not something that's visible. Uh, therefore, I feel like it could create the problem of people just saying it to get out of work, etc. However, I do think it would be more beneficial just to start the conversation in like a world of uh, employment and uh, jobs, because um, I feel like if it starts there and people are openly honest about, you know, I'm struggling or I need time for myself, uh, then hopefully that will be implemented in other areas of um of life um yeah. yeah um would you go to the doctor about self-care personally would you personally um i don't think so mm. but thinking about it now i don't think i'd go because i don't know if they would just dismiss me which i don't know if that's a good way of looking at it or a bad way of looking at it because i also feel like um a lot of people that i know it's sometimes like oh it's okay you know just have a think about it have you know, take some time off, um, do take some time for yourself, which I see is like, okay, well, I'll read a book or I'll have some time to, um, you know, have a bath or something like that. But I think that's more of a distraction than actually thinking about it. So we'll, I don't know if I went off a tangent a little bit there. but No, we will, we will talk about methods of self-care shortly on um, the show. Um, I'll go to Ellie on this one. So doctors... We talked about doctors. Perhaps maybe you shouldn't go. We sort of said maybe not go to doctors for self care. Maybe people have differing opinions on that. But should doctors be prioritizing self care, or should they firstly deal with people who are actually ill? Someone who actually does have um, symptoms currently of, like, say, I don't know, maybe someone's got a infection or something like that. Well, I think first off, obviously, if you have an illness, that should be the priority because mm-hmm. that could get considerably worse. Um, but I think that's something as well is we, with mental health conditions, they're often not seen as illnesses or diseases, and they are. Um, and that is a serious misconception in today's society, yeah. particularly with the young people as well. I think it's getting better and there's a lot more conversations happening about it. But it's still uh, something, particularly at the moment, that's really affecting a lot of people and not just the young. Um, all ages are affected by it. Um, and I think there's going to be some interesting studies that come out after COVID, actually, to see how much of an impact it's had. 
But I think to kind of go back to your point, I don't think it should be prioritized. I think it should be kind of, it's one of those where I don't think such that you don't need to have like a, an appointment to see a doctor for it as such, but maybe there should be more advertising in terms of self-care blogs, self-care websites, YouTube channels, social media outlets that are healthy and kind of advocate for um, ideas that help people. So I think it, that might be more beneficial because it will reach a wider audience um, and it will also kind of give people a chance to, they don't have to openly admit that they're struggling, which I think sometimes people really, that can be the hardest part is actually admitting that something's wrong. But if they've got techniques to try and minimize um, difficulties, then they might be more able to get help once they've started putting in some things to make themselves healthier. So even just something simple like having three meals a day um, or going for a walk can clear your head a bit and give yourself some time to kind of process things. And then you might be better off getting help afterwards and you'll be clearer as well and be able to talk to the doctor about what's going on in a more honest and open way because you've actually had a chance to think about it. So that'd be the way that I would approach it. But I don't, others may disagree with me on that. But if you were in that situation, how would you even know to do that? What would, what would tell you? Well, I think that's where the power of the internet really is quite mm. incredible. It can be very destructive as well. But I think normally for people who, it's, it's, it's difficult because obviously everyone has different relationships with self-care and also their own mental health. Um, but I think most people are aware when they're feeling emotionally down um, and or at least when they're struggling. I think everyone knows when they're having a bad day. It's quite difficult to hide that. Um, and even if it's just kind of being aware that there's things out there that can help them um, and just and that's the one advantage of seeing it constantly or hopefully seeing healthy stuff. Um, on the internet which obviously is not the case but i'm assuming we'll talk about that later yeah but um but it's kind of i think that is kind of an if there's an alarm bell going off in your head kind of thing then maybe um it's the chance to kind of at least google something about self-care if you aren't willing to go to the doctor do you think we will talk more about what's on the internet later and help but do you think very quickly do you think there is good advice out there on the internet do you think it's easy to grasp for self-care i definitely do mm. um and that's um, it was interesting actually because um before this podcast when we were looking at information it was how easy it was to find information about it um from official websites yeah. as well and like the world health organization so it's all very official but i think it's also very easy to fall down the rabbit hole of there is so much advice like millions of results sort of thing so and obviously not all of it is as useful and we've already established that individuals require different types of self-care so having a chance to examine different sources that's definitely useful um and the information is definitely out there it's just you've got to be selective for yourself and sometimes it will be a bit of trial and error because as um has already been said it was kind of talking about reading a book is useful but is it distracting or is it it might help some people and it may not help others so very interesting. We'll talk more about that later. I'm uh, going to go to Rachel now. Um, very quick question. Yes or no question. Do you uh, drink alcohol? I do, yes. Do. Okay. Um, so would you say like you drink alcohol to have fun and relax, maybe even socialise? And is that then self-care? Because you know it's damaging your body, but at the same time, you're socialising. That is true. One thing I will say is I don't drink that often. If I do drink, it is generally in a social setting, if I'm drinking with friends or family. Um, but even then, it maybe be a couple of glasses of wine. I really don't drink 
as much now as I used to. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting point. Um, something actually we were talking about today earlier with my friends, actually, you know, this idea that you can be healthy and unhealthy at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, um, you can be drinking alcohol. You you can like really enjoy the buzz of being with your friends and everything, but also you are doing that unhealthy behavior of drinking alcohol, which ultimately is bad for your body. So I think that's a really interesting parallel to think about. Yeah, I quite often hear smokers saying a similar sort of thing, like said, oh, it's bad for my body. But at the same time, I'm being very social because most people who I know who smoke do tend to be the more sociable types of people that's something i have observed so yeah it is a it kind of is similar to uh, what you have said then um <laughs> does anyone else have any thoughts about the mix there anyone disagree with what rachel said was everyone quiet i can see i can see uh, nodding heads <laughs> um okay so i'll go to amelia now do you think that why <laughs> why should i worry about self-care when there is a doctor there for when something goes wrong about me why don't i just carry on with my life be more productive you know i mean smash my day out you know i mean do loads of stuff fill it all in don't worry about my self-care um and then if something goes wrong the doctor can fix it later in life um i think kind of going back to what we said about distractions i feel like it's an easy way to just kind of think uh you know if i fill my day up i'm busy i can put think about it later and, you know, knowing there's a doctor there, it's a kind of similar situation of like, you know, I'll go see a doctor and it'll be okay. But sometimes it takes more than that. I think sometimes it takes uh, self-care. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to think about what this, um, Sorry, I lost my point completely. <laughs> um, I apologise. No, 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 it's fine. That's fine. Um, do you think maybe then medical organisations perhaps are handing over a health responsibility to individuals because when we're doing the research i saw a lot of um organizations saying if people dealt with their health in a self-care way before something went wrong then illnesses wouldn't prevent do you think that's just health organized medical organizations saying ah you can you can deal with it rather than we'll deal with it later i mean that might be a good thing but what do you think about that Anyone can answer this if you want to. I have something to say about yeah. this, actually. Um, there is something I feel quite strongly about. Um, you know, like in psychology, we often talk about this idea that, yes, there is a biological aspect of illness and, you know, something could be physically wrong with you. And that's when you go and seek professional help from a doctor who's been trained at medical school and they know exactly what they're doing. But then there's also this mother, like massive aspect of health, which is to do with the way that your social network behaves around you, your external factors, your mental well-being, and all of those things can all have a massive impact on your health. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of consider both aspects. You know, going back to what you said earlier, it's not necessarily you're taking responsibility out of the healthcare professional's hands, but there is a very large proportion of stuff that you can do to mitigate the health effects that you might feel in your own time and that's not to replace the benefit of the healthcare service but that's to work with as well mm. um okay yeah interesting let's move on to the work side of things so i'm going to talk about from a personal point of view because a lot of people say to me i have a busy day so i'll go through my day um <laughs> don't judge me too much on this uh, but i wake up usually around somewhere between 5 and 6 a.m in the morning 
I'll start my work at around eight and won't usually finish till maybe five. Uh, then in the evening, you know, I mean, you've got housework, so you've got hoovering, you've got your cleaning, uh, you've got to take the bins out. You've got to do the stuff you've got to do around the house. Everyone has to do that. Maybe not everyone does, but <laughs> someone does. And also I have other non-uni work. So my day, I don't usually manage to stop until 10 p.m. Now, don't get me wrong. I do take breaks throughout the day and like, I'll have lunch. Um, I'll regularly take like 10 minutes off and go for a quick stroll. Um, and I do walk to and from work or campus in the morning. But if I'm doing stuff that I enjoy doing, is that self-care, even though my day is absolutely jam-packed? Feel free to absolutely judge me on this. <laughs> I'll go to Ellie because I can see her laughing. It was not a judgment, don't worry. <laughs> no, I think because I'm in a similar boat. So um, I have very, very busy days most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and again, yes, I, I sometimes feel a little bit judged on that. But um, but to be fair, it's self-inflicted. So can't really um, say anything about that. But I think actually having time, the stuff that you enjoy, whether it's watching a show with a friend yeah. or having dinner with someone else or whatever it is, I think even just that short break, it's time for your brain to have off. Um, and time for your body as well to have a chance to heal, particularly if you're kind of mentally or physically demanding a lot of it during the day, even though short breaks can give it a chance. But there's also that kind of idea that if you do get time off, as it, so for example, you get a day off work, for example, it's like making the most of that. So trying to have a lion, trying to read a book, trying to binge watch a few shows and just lounge around on the settee, that's fine. You don't have to kind of fill every second. Um, and I know in the past I've definitely been guilty of that. Yeah. Um, and like, and it's, I think in lockdown it's definitely given me a better appreciation of actually using time well. Um, it's like time management's always thrown around at uni. It's like a phrase you have to stick to, but it's, I think actually in terms of whilst being productive in your uni work is fantastic and other work is great. You also, to be able to do that to your best of your ability, you need to be mentally well as well and physically well, because you won't perform your best unless you're healthy and happy. So, um, but I think I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing. It's just people take breaks and heal and have time out in different ways. But once have I worked in a job which I absolutely, absolutely loved was my dream job? Is that then? Is that still self care? Like, if I'm doing something I love, or do I need to do something completely different to my day job to actually experience the benefits of self care? Um, I I'm not sure. I would. I yeah, it's an interesting one. That one. I think. If it's a job you love doing, that can be quite different. But again, if it's physically demanding, well, any okay. job is going to be physically and mentally demanding. So you will need downtime. You can't do your job 100% of your time. Um, and you shouldn't be because that's a really unhealthy work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. You do need to have some form of like social life, whatever. It, even if it's just Zoom calls with your friends, like it needs to be something that's a bit different. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The others might disagree or agree in different ways. Yeah, anyone, anyone disagree with that? I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, Rachel, I saw you, yeah? Yeah, um, I, I mean, it completely depends what it is, really, you know, sort of like what Ellie said, I think, you know, if you enjoy it, that is one aspect, but I think the other thing which I think is important about self-care is, like Ellie said, taking that mental break, and you might absolutely love your job, and you might be working really, really hard for, like, 15 hours a day, and that's great, you might love it, but also at the same time, you're working your brain a lot, you are almost like mentally exhausting yourself. And I think it's still important to have self-care on top of that, because I think self-care is taking the time to slow down, stop, and to kind of, you know, 
almost have nothing in your mind is the way I think about it. So I think it's really important to understand that balance between doing things that you love, but also making sure that you are relaxing and taking time off too. Um, okay, what if you hate your job day? If you absolutely hate the job you're doing, um, I'm not going to name a job because some people might be offended if they work. <laughs> Um, so say so say if it's a job maybe we're working from home because a lot of people are working office jobs or teaching even from home at the moment and say you get to, say if your work day finishes at 5pm or something like that but you still have a few e- evening jobs you need to do be like now nah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it another day do you think that's culling perseverance is that is self-care culling perseverance or do, do you still do you actually need to get those jobs done if they're necessary or should self-care and prevail over those. Um, I'm going to go to Zena because I haven't heard from Zena for a while. Oh, that's an interesting question. So, do you, sorry, do you mean like... So, if- so say if you have still have stuff to do in the day, but you decide, I want to stop, focus mm-hmm. on myself, I want to go and binge watch this TV program watching on Netflix, but you still have work to do, you do still have jobs to do, but you technically are, maybe, maybe your day's finished, but you still have to do those jobs right. Is that is that not being persevering? Mm-hmm. Is that not persevering to get the work done? It might not be, but I personally would do it anyway. I'm probably I think I'm quite a lazy person. But I just feel like with those things you just gotta go with your gut. Like if you feel like you need a break, you need a break. Yeah. Like you can always get on with those things when you feel like it, which probably isn't the best, you know, outlook to have. But I feel like if you know if you can't be you're not we're not machines like we can't be doing work all of the time and it's important to take a break when Mm. you feel like it even if it's you know you don't think it's the right thing to do I think yeah it definitely is a balance but I think as long as you get both things done at some point it's definitely important to prioritize your own mental health yeah I believe so but what happens if you literally have no time in the day absolutely no time maybe you're a parent um and you've got you got your work in the day and then you've got to deal with the kids in the evening even in the morning as well then where do you find that self-care do you do you bin your kids off from someone else for a bit <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, a good, yeah. it's a yeah. good point that yeah um sorry did you want to go no, no you you finished off scene and i will go to amelia in a second um, yeah, that's unfortunate, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you're a parent or if you've got, like, loads of responsibilities. I think, to be honest, like, it's... We should take our youth for granted because, obviously, we do have a lot of responsibilities. But I think... But I would also, I think, now in society, there is a resurgence of, you know, the idea that it is important um, to take care of yourself. And hopefully, when we're older, if we if we have, like, children, we'll be more conscious of taking time for ourselves as well and obviously you've got to like be responsible for your own kids but also do you know you've got to take breaks still maybe put them to sleep or I don't know like get someone else to do it I don't know (laughs) which is really hard at the moment during the pandemic yeah um I'll come to you in a minute Amelia but I just want to ask you this question do you think we actually have more free time now in the pandemic to focus on self-care do you think we should actually all have higher self-care than usual or actually is the pandemic made little difference at all you know I think this is an interesting one because I found that although I have more time 
I've realized that my self-care kind of changed about what I need. So I know that when I used to be busy and out in the world, I wanted just time alone, you know, like in my own space, on my own, um, doing things that I can't ever do. But now that I do have the time, I'm kind of feeling like, oh, a better way of taking care of myself and, you know, becoming uh, at peace with like my mind and stuff <laughs> would be to actually go do such things like restaurants and stuff. So I feel like, uh, although we do have more time, I kind of, it's weird how like my need for self-care has changed, if that makes sense. So you're looking forward to getting back out to restaurants and socialising with other people? <laughs> yeah, just like honestly being out in the world and just having like that whole social scene around you. So when that does come back, which hopefully won't be too long now, do you think many of it you're actually going to reverse back to your old self and want to be on your own, in, own again maybe more often? I think so. I think it's kind of like the bittersweet of like you want what you can't have. <laughs> and I feel like um, that's made me realise that like maybe self-care isn't about, you know, things that you have to do. I think it's just focusing on yourself and in your mind instead of actually doing things all the time. Um, but yeah, I feel like reaching out to people and talking about your things, whether it's online or in person, um, is important in terms of like figuring out what you actually need. Um, does anyone else have any opinions about the COVID pandemic? Do you think it's given anyone else more time to focus on their self-care? Uh, maybe, uh, Ellie, do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, it's definitely changed on a personal look. No, it's definitely changed my outlook on A, time, and B, kind of what my priorities are. I think I used to just run around like a headless chicken most of the time um, from one thing to another, not really paying attention. Um, and it wasn't like I wasn't ever living in the present. I was always looking to the next thing. And it was actually in a way I've quite annoyed at myself because I've missed out on a lot of well, not missed out on stuff, definitely made the most of things, but I've definitely missed out on appreciating it at the time. So now when I look back at things, I'm like, oh, no, like that was such a good night. But I really wasn't paying attention half of it because um, I was worrying about what was going to happen the next day. So I think I'm hoping that after the pandemic, yes, I'd like when the social life comes back to life, I definitely want to make the most of that. But I also want to enjoy it at the time and appreciate what we have. Because I think now we've lost so much of our normal life and routine and everything and the stuff that we I think we, a lot of us took for granted. Um, and now that we haven't got it. So simple things to just like going going out and seeing what one other person or two other people that your friends are on, you're not living with um, or going shopping or cinema, whatever it is. Um, and I think actually for me, I definitely want to make the most of that after the pandemic and make time for it as well and realize that yes, whilst work is important and or it's definitely is important for me as well and different people have different outlooks on it. There is also like I want to live a life as well and I want to have memories. Um, and I don't want to just be running from one thing to the next because it's just that really isn't a life. So it's, I do really yeah. want to ask you more about that, but I want to save these conversations for a later, <laughs> a later discussion. Um, I'm going to be doing one about COVID and education soon. Uh, before we move on, does anyone else have any other comments about the pandemic's impact on self-care? Or oh, I'm happy to move on. Rachel, yeah. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I know it's been a very stressful time for a lot of people, but I think I, I mean, before the pandemic, I was definitely in the group of running around like a headless chicken as well. Um, and I used to fill my time with so much stuff. And I loved being busy. I loved doing stuff. I love helping people. And it was so easy to get wrapped up in that because I was enjoying it so much that actually I didn't take time to take care of myself. 
And I think the pandemic, for all its bad aspects, has been actually really good for me because it's, you know, stopped all those external influences and forced me to stop and forced me to sit down and think, okay, you know, what's going on in my life? How can I make the best of things? And I think there are definitely some things which I started doing throughout lockdown and the pandemic that I'm definitely going to try and continue once everything goes back to normal because I think I have learned an awful lot about self-care. So before the uh, pandemic, were you, would you say you were struggling with self-care somewhat? Definitely, I would say. I I remember there would be mornings I'd be up at six and I wouldn't go to bed until 11. I'd be out oh, all wow. day. And, you know, because I really struggle saying no to people yeah, when they say, oh, yeah. do you mind helping? I just would say, yeah, of course, and not think about the constraints it would have on my time. Um, so I've definitely learned to kind of not overload myself, myself now, so... Yeah. Do you think you maybe experienced burnout before uh, the pandemic? Definitely, 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 definitely. Um, I would totally agree. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why this topic of self-care is such an important one for me, because, you know, the pandemic is really the first time that I've actually stopped and done things for me. And that sounds like really odd. But, you know, I now have Sundays off and I dedicate Sundays to being a day for me where I just do anything. So last Sunday, I deep cleaned the entire kitchen unnecessarily, (laughs) but I deep cleaned it just because I enjoy cleaning. I enjoy putting my mind to something. And yeah, no, that's kind of how it's become really important for me. I'm glad you said that because I've been having this argument with my house saying that they're like, oh, Gabe, take a rest. Don't, it's Sunday. Don't clean. They're like, no, but cleaning cleans my mind. I like listening to a good podcast. It's so good. I feel so refreshed. I'm glad you have the same uh, opinion. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But what was it, what did it feel like when you uh, experienced burnout? I think... I think there are two aspects. The first is that I didn't realise what was going on, first of all. I was so busy. I was just going from one thing to the next. And I didn't realise that what I was experiencing was burnout, first of all. And I think the other aspect to it is that you kind of get used to being like a walking zombie. And the pandemic has shown me how much of a zombie I must have been. Because I was living on probably six hours sleep a night. And I, at the time, that was normal. You know, I was having three cups of coffee a day. Everything felt fine to me in my weird version of normal. And, you know, I remember feeling, you know, I quite often people come to me with their problems and stuff like that. And I remember feeling like, you know, I don't have enough space in my head for all of this, you know, for everybody else's worries. You know, I'm struggling keeping on top of my own well-being, let alone having to deal with my mate down the road, having an argument with so-and-so. So I think those are the two aspects. And I think the pandemic has really shown me, you know, I'm getting eight or nine hours of sleep a night. I feel like awake i don't drink caffeinated drinks apart from tea because i love tea um and i think that's the thing you don't realize it it sort of creeps up on you and then you just feel exhausted and overwhelmed and shattered and upset for no apparent reason so that's how i would sort of describe it thank you so much for sharing those um thoughts on how you felt during um that time i'm glad I'm, i'm i'm so glad that you um now realized what was happening then and in some ways i guess the pandemic really did help um for you and also on on another note um 
<laughs> so it's just so random. But my tea is running out. I've got a very cheap German brand tea, which I brought a couple of years ago. And I've recently start, stopped drinking uh, coffee because it, you know, it, it just wasn't, it was making, giving me headaches and stuff like that. So I've been recently drinking more tea and absolutely fallen in love with it. So I'm asking everyone who's a tea drinker, what brand of tea do you drink? Because I'm, I'm, I need to buy like a good tea brand. You have no idea how excited I am that you've asked this question because my housemate, she's grinning, grinning in the corner right now because she has nailed the perfect tea brand. It is Yorkshire tea. No, no Hands no, no, down no. the best because she goes and buys like the own brand value, like 60p tea bags. And it's a crime. Like it just, I don't know what it is, but it's not tea. And we fall out of this so many times. So I'm so glad you are so invested in tea as I am. <laughs> See, that's... I couldn't. Sorry. I, was gonna say, on, I couldn't agree more. Being from Yorkshire, I could not agree more. I'm supporting <laughs> till the day I die. <laughs> right. This is controversial. I don't, I don't like Yorkshire tea, apart from Yorkshire tea gold, because that's something I have tried. Um, so, you know, I can see your mics come on. Do you have a tea? I don't, but oh. as a Yorkshire resident, <laughs> I would say Yorkshire tea probably is, you know, I would have to uh, okay. recommend that. But I'm a coffee drinker, unfortunately. Sorry, mm. don't like any tea. <laughs> Although, why don't you try like, do you like flavoured tea? Or do you just yeah, like... Yeah, no, I, do. I, I, I quite often have lemon and ginger and peppermint tea. Um, oh, you like gin? Oh, God. No, peppermint is lovely. <laughs> Moroccan mint tea is also quite nice and berry tea all of that twining through a nice i think it's raspberry and pomegranate something like that i recommend it as dismissed down do it so <laughs> i will get down there i might go there this evening and buy a treat myself to one <laughs> all comments you have heard today are individual views and do not reflect the views of worldwide youth radio in any way worldwide youth radio we are always looking for new youth board members if you would like to join us, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Sorry, I had to play that because we were talking about tea. So I had to, had to play the old um, uh, So let's move it on now to commercialization because this is something I found when I was doing a bit of research with Ellie. So I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to go to Ellie on this. Do you think, Ellie, that self-care could actually be seen as selfish? Wow, that is a question and a half. Um, I would say I can understand why some people... So, okay, first of all, I don't agree with that. Okay. Um, let's go put that there first. But I can also understand why some people might see it as that. Um, but I think normally it's a reflection on their own lifestyle choices, normally. Um, so, for example, the fact that we all have different styles of self-care or to have different priorities in our day um that doesn't make someone else's priority worse or um wrong because obviously we will have things that we need to do or would like to do with our time um but i think that is a very good question because i don't think it's mm. i wouldn't classify it as selfish because everyone needs some form of self-care and if, if someone thinks it is selfish that probably means they're not taking care of themselves um, and that may be where that mindset, or they might be jealous of the fact that the other person knows how to take care of themselves or like <laughs> kind of, it's that idea of, hmm, there might be another reason behind that. But, um, but I wouldn't ever classify it as selfish because it's something that we need, like to function as human beings, we need to look after ourselves. Uh, there was a great uh, line actually. It was like, I, I think, I can't remember who said it, but it's something like, um, our bodies is the only kind of building that we ever permanently live in. So we have to take care of it. It's like, you're not getting another model of this. 
Like you can have plastic surgery all you want, but your actual main thing is going to be there for life. So you need to take care of it because we're all going to live probably until we're 80 odd. So you need to make the most of kind of what you've got. And I think there was something Zena said earlier about appreciating being young. And that's definitely important. But obviously, we've got to keep ourselves alive and healthy for a very long time as well. So yeah. if you want to achieve what we wanted to. So, yeah. Um, so we've all said that self-care is important. So do you think it should be um, maybe commercialized? Because I'm, I'm not sure about you. I just had a look on my phone to see if I had any notifications. But I quite often get them from certain takeaway companies, from online clothing agencies saying, it's Blue Monday, treat yourself to a new clothing range or it's Friday you deserve a pizza or something like that should that be allowed do you think do you think that should be allowed uh, I'll go I'll go to Xena and that should it be allowed yeah it's an interesting point I always get them as well I think I think it's I don't know if manipulation is the right word I think it's just a marketing tactic to be honest <laughs> because I mean maybe being cynical but I feel like pretty little things does not know me they don't know like what I you know need and probably a, you know decrease in savings is probably not actually you know probably going to do the opposite so I feel like I feel like they just take advantage of it and they it, it's so the discourse around self-care is so superficial surface level like it's just oh like buy a new outfit you know everything will be okay and also you know fast fashion that's all another issue yeah but yeah the idea of one outfit for one day obviously isn't great either but I think, yeah, I think it's just a marketing ploy, to be honest. And with food, they just want our money, I think. But isn't, isn't that bad, though? Surely that's... Yeah, it... 100%. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't like that at all. Amelia, do you have any comments on that? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that, although I completely agree with what you said, uh, I feel like taking it a little bit less deep, sometimes it is nice to just, you know, get a notification being like, it's Friday, treat yourself. I feel like for me, especially during lockdown where every day feels the same, I do sometimes look at it like, you know what, it is Friday. Like, I should celebrate it. I should have a, a little bit of time to myself kind of thing. So I do, although I completely agree with um, what you said about their intentions are probably not pure, uh, I do think... Um, Sometimes it is nice to have a little bit of like a reminder of, you know, treat yourself. <laughs> um, but sometimes, do you think self-care it maybe is creating unattainable expectations? Uh, I'm going to ask Rachel this because sometimes, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not sure maybe on Instagram, you might follow some Instagram influencers, particularly now, you know what I mean? They're in the news a lot being in Dubai. That's very unattainable. You know what I mean? You can't go there, but more talking about I don't know you can't often see them maybe like a green smoothie or something like that with these very expensive fruits and vegetables in there which for some people um I'm not sure of your um uh, social and economic situation but for some people that is not attainable and does that then make unattainable expectations I think in part yes I think it partly comes down to you being savvy enough to understand that you know anything on social media is nine times out of ten absolutely fake it's to do with angles or whatever um but also I think you know being empowered to know that what you're seeing online isn't necessarily true you know is part of it and then also the other part is self-care takes many different forms you know you don't have to be drinking a smoothie because I personally absolutely despise smoothies but you know, for me, self-care looks very different to what self-care might look like for any of you. And, you know, it doesn't have to have a price tag attached to it. 
you know at the end of the day it's your emotions your feelings and it's what works for you okay uh anyone else have any other comments on commercialization of self-care before i move it on to how we can actually practice self-care i do just want to add on that i feel like sometimes kind of what you said uh, although i know it's social media and it's not real I feel like if I am going for a period of time where I'm just so overwhelmed that I don't even know what, you know, how to take care of myself, which direction to look at, sometimes it can feel um, hard to look at, you know, a celebrity and they're like on a holiday, somewhere warm. And it's just like, am I doing self-care wrong, you know, by just like taking a walk or like maybe I should be doing something else to reach, you know, a level where I can one day go on holiday. And then I feel like it kind of is a flip side. It puts you in a well, me personally, I've experienced this where I'm, I just overthink things and I'm like, maybe I am the one that's doing it wrong. And if they seem happy, maybe this is the right way to do self-care. Um, so it could be seen as a, do you think actually it's, if I say the word like, is it almost like a positive feedback that you're, um, you're giving, you're, you're trying to take something that maybe you can't grasp sort of something that you're seeing but actually it's just leading to more problems. Is that something that you'd say you're experiencing? Probably, because like I said, I don't think they, uh, they're they doing it as a negative thing. I think they mm. are just showing, you know, I'm doing this because this helps me. I feel like it's more maybe like a personal <laughs> issue that I kind of do overthink everything. And I'm like, you know, well, what could I do to, you know, get yeah. there, etc. Well, thank you very much for that opinion there. Emilio. If you would like to have your say on today's discussion, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Well, we have talked a lot about self-care and about the implications around it, good or bad. And I think we can pretty much summarise, as we pretty would have at the start, saying that self-care is a good thing and that people need to practice it. But... How do we possibly go about doing this? I'm going to go and ask you, what are your self-care go-to tactics? I'm going to go in and pounce straight on Ellie. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) You're the first person on my screen, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, I would say um, putting the phone away. That's probably the top one, although I'm not the best at it, 100%. Putting my phone away going for a walk, listening to some music that I love, um, having some time with some friends. Normally, obviously, a bit harder at the moment, but scheduling in like Zoom calls or hanging out with my housemate as well, that's always good. Um, but also, I think I am a big one for writing. So I have blogs and stuff. And actually, sometimes just sitting down for an hour and saying, this is the hour I'm going to write what I'm feeling this week. Not everyone would like that. But actually, I always really enjoy it. And like sometimes I start off, when I'm starting to write it going on, oh, no, I feel really bad at the beginning of this. But by the time I've finished it and kind of got it all out and written it on paper, I'm like, actually, no, that I'm kind of had a chance to process it and literally processed it on the paper. And I think that gives me a chance. It's, it's a weird kind of self-care because it's technically kind of working because you're writing. But um, but I actually find it really enjoyable and relaxing. So they were kind of, it's sometimes, it's a bit like keeping a diary. It can be very useful to kind of give you a chance to process things. But yeah. Do you think that sometimes you maybe put pressure on yourself to do too much? I know, for example, sometimes I will overwatch my screen time to see what it is. And I sometimes I sometimes feel like that's putting actually more pressure on me than I actually need. Do you think that you do the same, Ellie? 
your music. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like it always makes me laugh the notification on Monday morning, which is this is yeah. your screen time for the week. And it's always like I feel like a massive sense of judgment on myself when it's gone up and it's like, oh, no. Or it's something like and particularly if it's like bad, it's gone up like 52 percent or something like, oh, God, what was I doing last week? But it's kind of like. I think you also have to remember it's okay. Like each week, each day will vary mm-hmm. um, and you've got to take it as it comes. And I think definitely in the COVID world, you literally have to do it a day at a time because you've got no idea what's going to happen the next yeah, day. Yeah. None of us got a clue. So um, I think sometimes you just have to let that go and just go with it. See, mine used to be during like, the first lockdown on like eight hours, nine hours, sometimes even pushing 10 hours a day of screen time. But in the past couple of weeks, I just had a look. My average screen time now is just around about three three hours um, a day, which is pretty good. But then I was thinking, well, actually, my screen time is probably more like 15 hours because like, I'm constantly even looking at a TV, uh, a PC or you know, a laptop or something like that. So it actually hasn't really gone down. It's just I've changed what I'm actually looking at it. So <laughs> they, need to, they need to encompass everything I'm doing because I bet you my screen time's actually gone up. Uh, right, I'm going to go to Amelia next. What are your go-to self-care tactics? Uh, a big one for me is just getting some fresh air, like going on a walk or, uh, you know, exercising outside. I feel like that helps me calm me a lot. Talking to my friends, for sure, uh, or family, just, uh, you know, getting my thoughts out and stuff. And also, I feel like stretching, things like yoga, like if it p- puts my body at ease, <laughs> my mind feels at ease. <laughs> I'm rubbish at yoga. I tried doing it <laughs> once. Um, no. Not, I'm not gonna do it again. I feel like once you practice, you'll definitely get better. Yeah, maybe I'm just. Yeah, I'm very. Um, what's the word for like being unflexible? Is that there is a word, isn't there? Stiff. Like, stiff. Yeah. yeah. Stiff. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any other self care techniques? Um, I think just giving yourself a time to do what you feel is necessary for you at that moment in time. I feel like it changes for everyone. You know, today you might need. Some time alone tomorrow you might need a time with your friends to just take time take your mind off something so i think just kind of be intuitive with yourself and what you want and what you feel that day yeah okay i'm gonna go to uh, rachel now uh, rachel do you have any uh, self-care techniques yeah so um i kind of had two things so the first is i like doing anything that's creative so um whether it's painting doing any kind of art i've recently started knitting so that's a new hobby of mine um baking cakes that kind of stuff but also exercise as well i like playing hockey and cycling and stuff so that all kind of helps me get all the aggression and frustration out so yes are you finding it harder now with lockdown if you say hockey or something you like to do yeah. to take the frustration out of you can't I, I mean I don't know you can play hockey but I guess on your own maybe I don't know unless Ellie can yeah. play hockey. <laughs> no it, it's kind of funny actually because I'm a goalie for our hockey team and so you really can't play hockey by yourself because you need people to like aim at you basically yeah so um I've threatened Ellie I've said come on we're going to get the goalie kit we're going to get the balls out <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what about you, Sina, finally? What uh, what self-care techniques do you have? Um, nothing too interesting. I mean... I mean, I did come like, to you last. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that's true. Um, sorry, I've got the world, like, screechy's chair. Um, I didn't hear anything. I just... Okay, good. Um, I mean, in addition to just, like, eating healthy, you know, like, baths, which I do not actually have in my horrible student house, um 
going on walks. I'd say, weirdly enough, I think doing makeup's really like therapeutic. I don't know if anyone else agrees. It's probably also like a waste of makeup. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) But um, just, yeah, like creative things like that, really fun, I think. Um, You know, just probably not great, but like Netflix, just really basic stuff. I don't really do much. Um, yeah, you're English English student, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're in it, yeah. So I hope you like reading. Do you like reading? Yeah, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I think um, it's one of them. Yeah, I, I, not really, to be honest. I've, I've heard I, like you have to read something like three or four books a week, which I'm not sure if that's your course because there's two English courses. Well, yeah, but they actually, um, mine's both English language and literature, but okay, I've chosen yeah. to do more linguistics module to get out of the reading. But then uh, obviously there are pros and cons to both. And also literature, you can just find stuff on Spark Notes. Obviously it's not like, probably shouldn't be saying this. Um, yeah, reading, I feel like my attention span is just really, really bad. So just like, I'd rather listen to podcasts, stuff like that, or like audio books. I can't really read. I don't know how I... I think it's just, you know, when it's something you study, like it takes the joy out of it a little bit. I, I don't know if you feel like that with John Field. I think we can all relate to that, to be honest. Mm. Um, <laughs> it definitely does, doesn't it? Doing it day in, day out. Uh, though, I feel like in third year, you can, I don't, I don't know about other modules, but you can actually start to choose stuff. You know, like the dissertation, you choose the, you choose the topic yourself. But when, uh, the other yeah. modules, you still choose like the topic you want to study within that mm-hmm. module. And I feel like that's actually kind of brought the joy a little bit back for myself within geography. That's good, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's the same for anyone else. Before we wrap up with this self-care uh, show today, does anyone else have any other uh, views, opinions and thoughts on self-care they'd like to air before we wrap up? Or is that everything? Rachel? Sorry. <laughs> um, my last thing is kind of, it's something that a family member actually said to me a few months ago, and it's just to be kind to yourself. So, you know, don't beat yourself up if you've got far too many hours of screen time, you know, it's okay. Every day is different and just take a new day as it comes. So, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's very true. Take each day as it comes, and I think that's probably a very good uh, bit of advice to uh, leave people on. Well, you have been listening to Youth Talk here on the Worldwide Youth Radio, brought to you by Kids Camp, presented by me, Gabe uh, Morris. I hope you have enjoyed this new rebranded uh, podcast show. Uh, if you're listening to this live, well, hello. I hope, I hope you enjoyed listening to the whole hour of that. Uh, but of course, uh, if you did just manage to uh, get the last a bit of this, you can go and check out the whole recording of the podcast on your favourite provider and also on our website, which is theworldwideyouthradio.com. Well, we'll be back next week with another show. But until then, stay safe and have fun. Worldwide Youth Radio.